The Good Neighbor Network, FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and online at WGNSRadio.com. This is the WGNS Action Line, talking with Rutherford County newsmakers about what matters most to you. Now, your host, Scott Walker. Right now that time, 8.16, you're listening to WGNS on this Friday morning, today the 13th of January, and our guest today is State Representative Mike Sparks. Did you realize today's Friday the 13th? It's kind of scary, isn't it? <laughs> I, I guess if you believe in superstitions, it is. Do you believe in superstitions? Not really. You don't? No, I, I've never been a, a real big believer in it. I, I don't know why. Well, they, they say that when the moon's full, there's always well, that's more true. violence. And I don't think that's calls, superstitious, though. You know. I mean, I think that's just the gravitational pull of Is the that Earth. science? I, pro- I, yeah, I would say so. Yep. I mean, there's lots of studies on that, and uh, it does show that odd things happen. Yeah, they do. I mean, I've heard law enforcement say that, you know, rising more, tide and everything else that goes with it. More babies born. Oh, is there? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, really? Okay, I didn't hear that one. Nights of full moons. It seems like uh, I've always heard labor and delivery rooms are extra busy. No, I hadn't heard that all that much. We just had a new grandbaby, speaking of new births. You know, my mother passed um, four weeks ago, then we picked up a grandbaby, my first grandbaby, four days later. That's pretty wild. That was cool. I always remember my mother told me, she said that her mom died months before um, I was born, and she was like, you know, that always gave me peace when you came into the world after her mother left. So it's kind of like, you know, the whole um, hand of providence kind of circles back, you know. It, it's wild how that happens. I've heard a lot of stories where, you know, somebody would pass away, then the next day, the next week, a, a new baby was born in the family. Yeah. We're, my wife, needless to say, my wife's super, I mean, I'm excited too. My wife's really excited. I'm a little worried, you know, with the, the future of this world that a little girl's going to bring, grow up in, you know. It's kind of a crazy world out there. It is. It really is, you know. How old are your, your kids? Are I don't even know. 20 and 22. You know. <laughs> 20, 21. Do you know their birthdays? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, that's birthday. good. Yeah, yeah. I, I, well, I mean, I've got like five kids now, so. Oh, wow. You know every one of them? 21, 22, yeah. 18, 16, and uh, 19. Does your dad remember your birthday? I think so. I Usually, he it, it, it doesn't always remember the age. Oh, it, gets, it gets confusing after. Well, a you're, while. you know, your your dad. I was really pleased. He he came to my mother's uh, funeral and visitation. I was really so. If Bart's listening. Thank you, Bart, for coming out. You know, it was do, really do really you know, touching. Do you know the uh, ages of all your kids now? Yeah, thirty two, thirty four. Birthday July fifth, <laughs> August thirteenth. I think my wife's September seventh. What, what about their wives? No, the youngest is not married. Uh, Morgan, I you know I need to know her birthday. She's a she's a nurse over to Send Hospital. I'm really really proud of this young young lady. My son really did did good, you know, marrying her. Well, good. You know, so, that's so, a that's a big deal, man. Um, who you going to spend you the marry, rest of your yeah. life with? You know, it it, it kind of my, is. My nephew deal. dates uh, Danny Brewer's uh, daughter. He's engaged to her, Laren, and Laren works for Shannon Hidalgo. If you know uh, uh, Shannon over there at um, uh, Navigation and. Uh, I told him about a year ago. I said, "Son, I said, you know the best decision you've ever made so far." And he's like twenty-three, I guess, twenty-four. And he kind of paused, kind of had a confused look on his face. And I looked over at her, and she pointed at herself. She had me, you know, because <laughs> like my wife. Thank God, man. My wife's fifteen. I was nineteen. We started dating, and we're going at it 30, 34 years now. That, that could have gone sideways with police. <laughs> oh, I know. Yes, that's, you know that's what my mom said when she first met my wife. You just 
young girl. You know, I, I was nineteen. I know it's there's laws against this now, but um, but I just prayed about it, man. And I just um, I mean, the Lord brought her into my life, and I remember seeing her, and I was like, "Yep, this is a girl from." I just it was like boom. I just felt it, you know. See, science can't explain that. You know, in, in reality, it seems like most marriages out there, those who are married who are, you know, I don't know, 40 plus, they they, they and their spouse are usually about five years apart. It seems yeah. pretty average. Well, my dad was married. He was married five times. And um, my dad was one of them guys that was his way or the highway. And all those wives said, see ya, you know. And yeah. my dad had just built the house that um that we're in now by my mom's house and just built this big home and um it was two years later she wanted to divorce but he would come in the house he couldn't get over the military and he was mm. flew like 24 bombing raids in germany and b-17 and he'd check for dust like look at the see if she dusted for the day and she just couldn't get rough he was hard but you know he was a principal like if he told you he shook your hand said you know he gave you his word he you you count on his word but man he just didn't have the wasn't very diplomatic sometimes you know so uh, leading into <laughs> the general assembly 113th yes just started what last week or this week yeah tuesday we got sworn in uh tuesday so you know. tuesday is when it officially got underway yeah tuesday 12 o'clock we uh we take the oath every two years and then is it full swing right after that new bills well are not not really i mean we have a few days of what they call organization and the the speaker uh, appointed us on committees and it's always kind of a i'm not saying a surprise but you know you ask for the committees just like congress you know you see what's going on now with the senate and the federal level and you know we um i asked for the same committees which is which are finance um commerce uh insurance um and you know i was and i, I did put education that wasn't my top choice because education man it's we're we're always fighting so much on education and it's just it's just i don't mind being on it but man it just gets very daunting when you're just you know it's just it just seems like we, we beat our heads against the wall just fighting all the time it's like this third grade reading retention we'll we'll tweak that that's been an issue and and i know my colleagues um brian terry helped put a, a meeting together back in smyrna a few months ago the event center and um, um, Brian Hercules was gracious to let us use that facility. Uh, the commissioner came in, Penny Penny Schwinn, and um, you know, and listened to, to the school board members, both city and and county, uh, about that process. But you know, what's sad is only thirty three percent of the third graders are reading on grade level, and, and you know, people may not want to hear it, but there is a correlation between uh, the forecasting of prison beds and third grade reading levels i mean nobody really wants to say it but i've had people behind the scenes kind of nod at me like yeah there is a correlation you know so we've really got to reach these young people when it comes to um to uh to to reading you know pretty wild what what are some of the big things that you think are going to happen this year or big bills that are going to be presented this year well i I can i can't speak for others because you mentioned a piece of legislation about uh registering trailers i I haven't heard of that that's a leatherwood out of shelby county great fella i'm not sure what his reason is on registering trailers Uh, i think that's going to get a little controversial because guarantee there's people listening right now that have a trailer that's a little you know, eight foot trailer. It's not registered. Probably don't have a title, so that'll get a little, a little complicated. I know for me, um, one of the areas I've been, I've been pushing is, um, is this uh, uh, reference based pricing on healthcare. You know, we had a, we've been at this for four years. Uh, people may remember a guy named Ralph Weber. He's been on the air with you and I, Scott, for mm-hmm. man, how many years now? 
We've done interviews. I, I know he's been on a lot. I don't. Yeah, about three three years. I know. And um, but you know, I remember what a what a what a guy told me, Mike Turner, and he 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 told me he was a Democrat leader. He happened to, I happened to invite him to lunch one day. We we're at the Capitol, and he says, "You just remember, Mike." He said, "It took us. It took them, twelve, thirteen years to get the lottery passed." He said, "Things just." It takes a while up here, and that's always stuck with me. So this reference-based pricing, you know, we were able to to uh, to have a successful TASR study with TASR's uh, Tennessee International Tennessee Advisory Council on uh, Intergovernment Relations. Town Attorney Jeff Peach is on there. Several mayors. Uh, we think we've uncovered millions of dollars worth of excessive overcharges by the state insurance uh, plan. Um, you know, that's there's an audit that we asked for come back with about 1.4 million overcharges now the healthcare uh, folks i'm talking to they're saying no it's millions of dollars man it's millions because he's proven there's outliers for um for colonoscopy or other maybe knee surgeries that are upwards of two thousand percent overcharges wow and and if you're and what we've uncovered is uh, is if you're, you know, you have a state, you, you're the state plan. We're talking about the state plan itself that the state employees are on, which is a um, huge plan. Um, uh, a billion, I think it's, I forgot how many millions of dollars it is, but what he's uncovered, he thinks, is about 96 million in overcharges. And if he's, we've proven that if you're in the in network, we're paying 6% over. So that's where competition is good, the free market choices. So if you were in the state plan and you chose your doctor, then cost in many cases are are lower and the quality is much better. But when you're at the state level and you're, man, you're just like Don Quixote fighting windmills. I mean, you've got to con- continue to push for this. And um, that's something I'm proud of. And uh, if any reporters want to cover it, if they want to challenge us, any academics with doctor degrees, um, any economists out there want to challenge what we're what we're uh, discussing, uh, I welcome it because I welcome the dialogue and the debate to uh, to see if we're wrong. I don't think we're wrong. I think we're right. Now, every year you do hear about a doctor somewhere in Tennessee who gets arrested because he is committing some type of tin care fraud yes. where he's overcharging for services that were not actually done on yeah. patients where he's uh he, sometimes I, i've even heard of this using deceased patients names and social security numbers yeah. for services that obviously were never rendered yeah well that's where the comptroller comes in i just seen a report last night of um i think it was a councilman in nolensville that that was able to get funding for to help them with their uh, I guess flooding, uh, and that—that's where the media. That's where that's where the media kind of keeps us in check. You know, keeps the locals in check. Keeps hopefully keeps Congress in check, um, and state officials. Because if we're doing something wrong, you know, somebody like Jennifer Krause. And by the way, Jennifer Krause, Doctor Krause's daughter, did cover our legislation. Um, I'm hoping she'll stay on it. Uh, but you know that that's where the media, uh, which sadly we've lost two thousand newspapers the past fifteen years. And you have what I call an oligopoly of players controlling the the media market. The same with the drug cost um, uh, with the PBMs. If any uh, independent pharmacists are listening, they know what I'm talking about with PBMs. You know, that's a whole oligopoly that's been created right there. And you could argue it's a monopoly, but they just collude and they drive prices up. 
And that's where it goes back to the free market. It goes back to those choices that consumers can make. And if you notice, there's not a lot of independent pharmacists left out there. Um, And uh, hats off to Senator Shane Reeves for taking this issue, as well as the Speaker of the House, Cameron Sexton. Uh, That's what I like about Cameron is because he cares about the the, uh, drug cost and Healthcare cost, you know, and like I've said before, committee is. I, I wrote an op-ed called um, "No Better Name for Healthcare Than Caddy Wampus." Caddy Wampus is C. You know how to spell Caddy Wampus? I, I could try. C A T T Y W W U M P U S. My dad used to use that term when things are jacked up and crooked. <laughs> but uh, uh, it was a Vanderbilt um, Vanderbilt uh, healthcare. I guess uh, there's. I think a health. A healthcare economist, I believe, is Dr. Van. Oh, is it Van Wise? But if you Googled Mike Sparks, Katie Wampus, surely you'll find the op ed. But in committee, I had asked um, that, you know, what better name for healthcare than Katie Wampus? Because nobody knows what they're paying. Yeah. You know, nobody knows what Vanderbilt's going to charge versus St. Thomas versus TriStar versus this other doctor over here. And that goes back to transparency. And that goes back to where the media, hopefully, could um could cover these things but a lot of times they're not covering it because they don't have reporters to cover this and then when you get with the the tv news it's just a little sound you know they have what a two minute three maybe a three minute that they talk about something they don't get all the details with it but that goes back to the to the first amendment we're just getting the news out there as you know i'm kind of going back to school been studying journalism and communication really for that reason um and uh, uh, but I think healthcare, you know, that's always on the radar. Education's on the radar. Um, uh, crime, um, and I've got you know I've got bill on a bill on fentanyl, uh, deeming it a weapon of mass destruction. Um, and you know, with this open border, five million illegal immigrants coming across this border. I'm not saying every illegal immigrant bring, bringing fentanyl, but you've got cartels, you've got folks from Russia and China that's that's uh, bringing this stuff over. And what's sad, Michael DeLeon, you know, was on the radio yesterday with Brian, with Steered Straight and his wife, um, Darla. And uh, we're hearing reports of uh, kids in school with these vapes getting um, fentanyl laced. And you think, man, why does this exist? You know, how do you look at that, Scott? I mean, why would this stuff even exist? It's crazy. And, and, you know, we've heard reports of different store owners, store managers selling vapes to kids in exchange for things like pictures of the kids you know if if, and there hasn't been an arrest yet and in that particular issue you're talking about here in rutherford county here in rutherford county oh wow yeah uh so you've got that going on in addition to vapes that are probably made in somebody's garage where there's who knows what in them drugs you know you got um, you know dabs marijuana pins yeah so there is a lot out there right now especially for kids as far as temptation to to do drugs yeah. uh, even if it's a kid who normally wouldn't try a drug yeah it's sad you know um i was talking to um someone was in the office of the day and i think they're talking about a, their son had a sports injury with their knee and went to the doctor and that's the first thing the doctor's uh prescribing them um drugs that are highly addictive and i know we've got some good folks on the county commission uh, craig harris and others who are trying to fight the good fight with getting the information out there to, to reach these young people, but different times than, than it was when I was growing up, Scott. It's a lot different. So I'm curious, we got to take a short break, but when we come back, I, I'm curious about 
gun laws and, and things yep. that we may be seeing with changes in gun laws in the near future because I know there's both sides pushing every direction possible on guns, yep. especially handguns. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about that when we come back. Right now that time, 832, State Representative Mike Sparks in studio with us today. If you have any questions for him, text those in, 615-893-1450. Again, 615-893-1450. Time right now, 832, and we will be right back. The Action Line on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. The Garden Patch Thrift Shop on Spring Street, across from the tall NHC building. All of the proceeds that we generate from our store goes directly back into the ministry for those programs that Greenhouse has. So we would just encourage people to come out and take a look. The Garden Patch offers competitive prices on name brand clothing, furniture, large appliances, household items, toys, and more. Shopping at the Garden Patch helps Greenhouse Ministries inspire, give hope, and change lives. The Garden Patch Thrift Shop on Spring Street in downtown Murfreesboro. We're broadcasting from the Middle Tennessee Electric Studios. MTE supplies power to the station's 328-foot tower in downtown Murfreesboro. Middle Tennessee Electric, serving to make life better since 1936. What do you like most about Adams Place? My apartment. I love my apartment. It's roomy and I've got lots of books and I've got room for everything and my little dog likes it, so we're happy in my apartment. We're talking with Betty Kirksey. The people are nice. Everybody that works here, I have found it. They're really nice. I'm Terry Deal. Call me for more information about Adams Place, located at 1927 Memorial Boulevard, across from Walmart. Hi, this is Peter Demas. One of the things that we've done years ago is we've been able to do our orders, like our pastas and many other items, that we used to be able to put them in large pans. And now we have a catering team that will even deliver it to your home. We can drop it off for you, set it up, or they can come in and pick it up. Look up our catering menu on www.demasrestaurants.com. This is Peter Demas at Demas's Restaurant, 1115 Northwest Broad Street in Murfreesboro. Hi, this is Amanda at Animal City. I'd like to invite your family to come do business with my family. We are Murfreesboro's locally owned pet store. Let us help your gift shopping be less stressful this year. May I suggest a gift for their pets? Our experienced staff can help you pick just the right thing We also have gift cards. And as a bonus, pets never say, uh, thanks, I guess, and then ask you for a gift receipt. You can find your local pet store, Animal City, here in Murfreesboro on Broad Street. Listen live to WGNS Radio on our website and Alexa or Google devices. Search WGNS Radio for on-demand podcasts in iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Plus, we have direct links to podcasts at WGNSRadio.com. The Action Line on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. It is 8.35. You're listening to WGNS again on this Friday morning. Today, Friday, the 13th of January. And again, State Representative Mike Sparks in studio with us this morning. So guns, I know you always hear a lot about guns, gun yep. laws, gun safety, handguns, handgun yep. permits, all that stuff. What what are some of the things that you think will be talked about this year with guns? Well, 
ironically, uh, Tennessee Firearms Association was going to be on the radio with me last week, and they had a conflict in their schedule, so they couldn't come up. Um, Richard Archie and John Harris, and uh, they're they're kind of the experts on on some of those areas. You know, I'm not sure what the lawmakers are going to file. I know what I'm filing. Uh, you know, I've got that gun safe bill that we've passed um, two years two years running, and um, you know, I often talk about what I call God wink moments, synchronicities. Strange coincidences that um, sometimes I think are the hand of providence, and maybe some folks can can understand what I mean. But um, when I seen that Kyle Yorlett, you remember the young musician that was gunned down, murdered in the alley in Nashville, like I, I young twenty three, twenty four year old. Well, he was shot with a, with a stolen gun, and um, man, I seen that, and it just you know kind of touched you know just touched my heart i went to his funeral i didn't know kyle didn't know anybody at that funeral and i kind of felt like there was a greater reason i was at that funeral um strangely enough i had somebody approach me want me to carry this gun safe legislation and um and it was a democrat uh, on the senate side uh, sarah kyle which uh kind of surprised me so i thought something was wrong with it you know and uh so i called john harris and got john's advice and john just said you know mike We've been for that bill for four years. It's just never passed. And I was like, well, I'll run the bill. And, and um, I had had um, Mark Brassfield. You know, you some folks probably heard his commercials. or They're kind of hard-hitting. Uh, Mark owns the safe house. And so I called Mark. I said, and I didn't know Mark. I said, hey, would you um, be willing to? Well, first he was ranting about, well, that's been done wrong. They've done a terrible job, this and that. And I said, well, hey, would you be willing to come up and testify? And he then he kind of paused. He was like, ah, uh, he's kind of a little nervous, you know. He goes, well, it looks self-serving to me, you know, if I'm up there. I said, man, most people up there are pretty self-serving. I mean, you think about it. That's why they're up there. I mean, there's lobbyists and other folks that have a vested interest. And um, But I shared that story with the committee, finance, and um, about Kyle, Kyle Yorlett and um, – and then Mark testified, we got the bill passed. But the way they did it, I run two bills. One's a permanent tax cut where, you know, there's no tax on gun safes and um, kind of an incentive, a carrot on the stick, if you will. And um, so I run two bills, let, let the committee choose. I figured I'd have a better chance if I let the committee choose the option. And so they did it where it's just year to year. So I, hopefully they'll pass it again. So if you want a gun safe or gun safety, you know, devices, they're sales tax free um but here's the argument that i've got with that and i know i've got to be careful saying this but you know if that gun that killed kyle yorlett was locked up kyle yorlett be alive today you know what the fiscal this is what people don't understand when you see crimes committed and you see like that clark in smyrna that was killed uh look at the devastation of the the family the relatives um but, but there's also a cost involved. That's the incarceration of that person that pulled that trigger that killed him. And um, the next crime you see, there's always a cost with it. Our prison budget's doubled since I was elected. It's $1.2 billion, Scott, $1.2 billion. And it's going to grow. Sadly, it's going to continue to grow. But, um, but most of the crime you're seeing in Nashville, these shootings in Madison, I think it was two people murdered yesterday in Madison. Good chance that was a kill with a stolen gun. So... If anybody has any creative ways to get stolen guns off the off the street, you know, call me or text me, 525-3198. I met with MTSU the other day, Dr. Ben Stickle with um, MTSU Criminal Justice. You know, they just built the new building over last year. 
And we were talking about the economics with this. You know, how do you incentivize? I mean, how, how can you get stolen guns off the street? Uh, just just yesterday, and I hope uh, Tyler Bowman doesn't mind me mentioning him on the radio, but uh, Tyler was telling me just a couple weeks ago they had their whole subdivision was, uh, I think somebody was one of the firemen, somebody stole some of his equipment. Uh, they stole some guns. Um, Sadly, you're going to have 12 and 14, 15 year old kids out here with stolen guns. Yeah, what well, I don't understand. Why do people leave guns in cars that are unlocked? Why do people leave guns in cars, period? Because yeah. in Nashville alone, I know they've had a huge problem with it. I, last year, there were over 1,300 guns that were stolen out of cars last year. Yeah. Stolen out of cars. I, I'm thinking that's the easiest thing to prevent. Just. You know, either have the gun with you yeah. at all times, like you should if you're going to carry a gun, but don't leave it in the car unlocked or don't leave it in the car, period, locked or unlocked. Yeah. Well, there, um, and I'm not trying to plug uh, the safe house um, uh, over there in Nashville, but um, he sells. I went over and I've interviewed him. You go to YouTube, you type in safe house Mark Brassfield, you'll see a couple of videos we made. But he, he sells some smaller gun safes that, you know, that, that can be wired into you know under the seat with the bolts i mean um with the with the cable uh now someone could come along with you know if they had cable cutters and cut that um most of these kids run up down these roads don't aren't walking around with with those cutters like that but it is one way that can prevent prevent it there's he's even had he even has boat uh gun safes hmm. you know that that are small but um uh but there's several folks i think i don't know who in here in, in rutherford county other maybe track supply that sales um uh gun safes but but that's something we need to bring awareness to and that's what i'm proud of this uh, piece of legislation well if a gun safe costs two thousand dollars and you're getting it tax-free you're saving at least 200 bucks right off the bat exactly well um one thing that's interesting about politics that you don't hear about you know tennessee we i think we work pretty good together with with democrats um you know every now and then you've got somebody that wants to get a headline or they you don't want to rant about something but um in the committee, you know, Bob Freeman's, I mean, uh, Bob spoke up for me. He's a Democrat in Nashville. But um, but I was running that when I was running the legislation, a lot of people know who Mark was and they know his commercials because his commercials are they're pretty hard hitting. You know, he talks about Biden and mask and all this. And, um, uh, you know, if you're conservative, you probably love him. If you're not a conservative, you, you, you may not like it. But but what was interesting, I seen uh, Representative Freeman out of Nashville's hand go up and I thought, oh, man. Freeman's going to attempt to derail my legislation, and because he's Nashville, he's probably heard his commercials, and um, Freeman spoke up for me. Yeah, he spoke up. I think he spoke up more than anybody. He said, "You know, I've come over. I bought a gun safe from you years ago," and um, then another lawmaker, Chris Todd, spoke up. Uh, he's leading the term limit issue. In fact, I think they're doing an interview right now with Mayor Glenn Jacobs out of Knox County. You know, the wrestler Kane and Jackson. Um, uh, from eight to ten, but um, uh, but that's what interesting dynamics with with politics. Sometimes a Democrat, you know, may may vote with you, and um, and they're for gun safety as well. Now I know the district lines for state representative senators were redrawn. I guess over the last year, you have what a new state representative yep, in Rutherford County, Robert Stevens, and Robert's doing a great job. Robert's got a great analytical mind. I, I texted him yesterday. Because we're they're uh, changing some of the house rules, and uh, and I'm not an expert on the rules. I mean, it's somebody like Stevens could be an, would be an expert because he's an attorney. You know, most attorneys, their minds are a little bit more um, analytical, can can uh, compartmentalize 
all this much better than someone like me. Um, it's not an attorney. But, yeah, we've got uh, Stevens. It's That district starts at north of the Seward Air Force, what we call Seward Air Force Base, where I do, the airport. The Oak Subdivision off Weekly, it goes up to Laverne Lake Forest, runs north of Walden Road, over to Cook's Lane, North Cook's Lane, over to Rocky, Rocky Fork Road. Uh, I guess it'd be southwest Rocky Fork Road, down to Independence Hill. Uh, road and then over to all the way down to Eagleville. So the good thing about how that district's drawn is Eagleville and Rockville have another voice. You know, Laverne has another voice. Smyrna has a third voice. Murfreesboro has a, I guess you could argue, a fifth voice now because there's there's five of us. So, you know, it it helps give give us representation uh, in the General Assembly. And, of course, a UT study done a couple years back shows that Rutherford County's population will likely increase to around 500,000 residents somewhere between year 2035 and 2045. Do you think that'll happen? Man, I don't know. I mean, it's just, can you imagine? That's a lot of people. thousand people in this county? Yeah. You know, I know people are That's gasping. what Nashville was at one point. Yes. I don't want to see us be like Nashville. Uh, but we're going to have growth. Um, it's going to happen. Um, you know, sometimes I don't like all the congestion. I made it up here in 18 minutes from, from Smyrna, but there really wasn't, um, wasn't many uh, cars on the road at 745 this well morning. plus traffic headed into murfreesboro at that time frame is not as bad as the cars headed out of murfreesboro this time yeah well i, I fight that well we all fight that traffic going to nashville those that have to go to nashville every morning and i left out to the dates we do a prayer meeting on wednesday mornings and john deberry was speaking i always like to hear john and i left out it started at 7 30 so i left out at 6 45 and i got there at 7.45. So it, it took me an hour. I've made it to Nashville in 30 minutes before. That's like at night. Nobody's on the road, you know. I, I know here locally a couple of years back, one of the big issues that came up was the installation of fire sprinklers in homes, in new construction homes. Is that something that's going to come back up, but yet at the state level? Well, I'm glad you asked me that question, Scott. You know why? We didn't set this up, did we? No. We didn't no. set this up. Well, you know, ironically, when I'm walking in the steps up here and and I heard you doing the birthday and all, and, I, you know, I was thinking about affordable housing. Seriously, that was on my mind because, you know, I've got people that call, they can't find. Well, I heard I heard one of your commercials. That's what it was. Somebody was needing a place to rent and they wanted to be in the yeah, country. Yeah, they called in, texted in a swapping shop. Yeah, and I heard that. I heard you mention it. And I just kind of thought, man, that's going to be tough. You know, because my wife was on the phone with somebody last night, and um, they're like, hey, you know, it's just hard to find. They're looking for a place to rent. And um, affordable housing is a huge issue. And, you know, I know there's um, elected officials that want to continue to to raise fees on home builders, which are which we pay the cost. Our our children are going to pay those additional fees. And um, But years ago, Steve Jensen, if folks may remember Steve Jensen, he was a home builder. And I got to know Steve a little bit. He's now deceased, sadly, but we spoke to the county commission and the county commission, the, the planning committee, let me make, make sure I'm clarifying that. They were looking at implementing uh, mandated sprinkler system. Well, we don't like mandates, mandates. You hear mandates, government forcing you to uh, more bureaucracy on you, on your business, on your civil liberties. And, um, and so I spoke and I just said, I just asked people raise your hand if you got a sprinkler system in your own house raise your hand if you have a sprinkler system in your house i think it's a fair question nobody on that committee 
not even the building inspector with the county, not even the fire chief had a sprinkler system. Well, there's two guys. I'm, I'm going to make some people mad by saying I, this. I don't know anybody two with guys. a sprinkler system. Well, two guys had their hands up with sprinkler system. I said, well, you two are lobbyists for the Sprinkler System Association, aren't you? And they were. I wish this was on tape. Um, but that goes back to show what the motivation is when you hear a lobbying and nothing against lobby. Some of them do a good job. Um, you know, uh, I mean, it, it may be trailer manufacturers that could be behind registering these trailers, you know. Um, but usually when you see something, like just this week, I had a, the Railroad Association come up, CSX and Norfolk and some of these folks. They gave a little gift bag, had a little train in it, like a little <laughs> spongy train. And I, I said, I so well, you got y'all don't want any kind of rail coming from Nashville to Atlanta, do you? And they're like, well, you know. And like I a said, commuter rail. Yeah, and, and you know, that, so they're they're hyping up their lobbying. Um, now, they may get mad at me sharing this live on WGNS, but you could, after you've been around a little while, you can infer, you get a discernment, a gut feeling of what's going on. Uh, but I told them, I said, we've got to do something. We've got to get, we've got to be able to have, in my opinion, if we could do some kind of a rail from Nashville to Chattanooga to Atlanta to, uh, I was down in Orlando at CPAC last year, and, and they were doing a new rail. Um, if folks have been through there at Disney World, you'll see the. They may have the tracks up there now. I even pulled over and got a picture of just the, just the the the, the bed area that they were rising, you know, raising up, putting the gravel down. In Orlando, it was uh, yeah, it was Orlando coming from. I guess it would be Orlando down to. You got Kissimmee and then all the yeah going through all out. that area right in there. So and, there'd be um, a, a rail system all the way to Cocoa Beach. I, I don't know if it's going to Cocoa Beach. I drove to Cocoa Beach. I just I was by myself, walked over just to walk up on the sand, see the ocean, and went back to my car and went back to the back to the uh, uh, convention. But um, but it's a Democrat that's talking about it, Jason Powell. And I mean, but it, at least he's raising the discussion. I remember asking the late Bob Spivey. So wait, wait, he about, he was talking about a commuter rail line in Florida. Uh, in no, the, I, I brought it to Florida. He's talking about it from Nashville. Now, okay. I just happened to when I was but down there. But they're building one in Florida. Then. Yeah, I got. A, I just got a picture and sent it to him. Say, hey, look at what they're doing. Here. You may want to look at this template. Yeah. You may want to see what they're doing because you got to figure out a way. How are we going to pay for this? Um, you know, and I remember what Bob Spivey and folks knew Bob. Bob was uh, one of the smartest businessmen in, in Rutherford County. I mean, he developed all three quadrants, Seminary Parkway, you know, Target and all that stuff, the hotels. And um, I, I used to ask about the commuter rail when I was – with Bob sitting beside him on the planning committee. And, and he said, well, what's going to be tough is if you, you come through, say, Smyrna, for example, a lot of those businesses, I mean, he's like, man, you're going to have to take that right away. The, the costs are going to be exorbitant. Um, but what I was bringing up to them was, you know, there's areas over by San Bernardino Parkway when I was on the planning committee. I remember us dedicating land over there for um, for like a T-dot um, – Right there near Motlow, uh, north of the, it'd be west of the railroad tracks right there, where it would be a like stop and ride, stop and park, in case we ever did get rail. So thankfully, Smyrna, Smyrna leaders had some foresight to do that, and, and probably Wells T-Dot. Um, but could you, like I brought up to them, could you do, not do an auxiliary, just just a, a, a exit lane where the trains stop? That way, you still have your your um, uh, cargo and, and everything that you're that you're hauling. Uh, but could you not do that, even if it was just four times a day? So I think that, but the good thing about, we're raising the awareness, we're raising the discussion, but when I start to see lobbyists, that means those those 
CSX and all those people, or they're they're hiring big guns to come up there and, and squash it. And I'm not saying I'm for it or against it, I'm, but I'm for the discussion. Uh, and what, what can we do? Could it, could it re- relieve um, Nashville traffic? I would think I it would, would think relieve so. some. And, and there, of course, there is a commuter rail line between Lebanon, Wilson County, going all the way into Nashville, yes. the Music City Star. Yep. And, and so that rail line, I'm curious... How heavily used is it? Do we know? Great question. I'm not. I'm not sure, Scott. Um, I could ask. Uh, you know, try to get the numbers. Um, I, as far as I know, it is. It is being. It is being well utilized. And if we had something like that here, Rutherford County to Nashville and back, I mean, I would think it would be fairly well used. Yeah. Maybe not right off in the beginning, but eventually. Oh, I think, man. If I think it'd be heavily used. Uh, I think folks are listening right now. Said so they would. You think about it, if you could get on a train, go downtown, be on your iPad studying, read a book, catch up on work. It'd be nice. Um, I think it would. But I remember when when Bob, you know, speaking of Bob Spivey, when he had Imperial Meats and folks that grew up in Smyrna and Laverne, well, Rutherford County, even Pettis Reed, if he's listening, uh, which I'm sure he is, they probably remember there was a train, there was a passenger train car that sat over there by be by the Stewart's Creek. Mm-hmm. You remember where Imperial Meats was? Where you go, Steve Fitzhugh Boulevard? Yeah. Right there to the right of the creek, Stewart's Creek, there was a passenger rail car, a couple of them that sat there for years before they took the rail out, you know. I've got the number for you on the Music City Star. How many people actually use it each year? Uh, This is from 2021. You want to take a guess? How many do you think used the Nashville Star in 2021? 18,000. 57,500? Really? Yeah. Wow. But, of course, I, I don't know if that is also including the same person who wrote it Monday. He also wrote it on Tuesday, also wrote it oh, on I Wednesday. Oh, I yeah. So I, I wonder what the exact number of actual writers Where's that article? Is that, where'd you get that? That's on Wikipedia. Yeah. But it says annual ridership, 57,500. And, again, you know, that probably does include some of the same people who ride it on Monday, I, I Tuesday, would, Wednesday. I would think it is. But, I don't know, folks, older But that's folks a lot of trips that... Yeah, you're saving. I, I mean, that's a lot of gas that's saved. I'm sure by commuters. I mean, if people take fifty seven thousand five hundred trips to and from Nashville from Lebanon. Yeah, well, Sam Stockard. Day. It was interesting. Sam Stockard. If folks remember, Sam used to write for Day News Journal. I think he writes for Tennessee Lookout now. But he come by uh, interested in my fentanyl legislation, and but I invited him in while the lobbyists were in the office handing out the little little bags, and because I wanted Sam, who's a reporter, to you know it's full transparency to hear this. And Sam was telling me it would take him sometimes when he lived in Murfreesboro three hours in Nashville by the time he leave out Nashville, come back. I know for me, it's easy. It's two hours for sure. Now, yeah, if you're, it's a long drive in the if morning. If you're Brian hour. Terry, it's probably two and a half to two, maybe three hours for, for folks like Brian Terry or, or Tim Rudd that lives a little further out, you know. So yeah. I think the idea has, has merit, but how do you pay for it? That's the big question. Well, I know there's a lot of federal dollars that are likely available to pay for things like commuter rail lines, but they only cover so much of that cost. you got yeah. another who knows how many million that you're going to have to come up with, the state's going to have to come up with to build it. Oh, it's going to be expensive. Well, if, if and folks want to know more about this, one, one boondoggle that California ran into was trying to build um, one of those uh, fast um, fast trains, and it, it the, the cost... They had cost overruns that were in the multi-millions of dollars. So if folks want more information, just just Google what happened in California. So that's that's going to be a little scary. That'll scare folks. Um, 
I know it'd scare lawmakers in Tennessee to invest in something that you have so much uncertainty, you know, unless you had some good private public public private dollars that may be able to go in and i'm, I'm not sure and, and one idea i know that came up a few years back was to have a monorail w- right there in the center of i-24 yeah. between chattanooga all the way to nashville that's what if i'm not mistaken it's, it's been a couple of years since i studied it but but they were that's what they were doing in in california or attempting to do and it from what I know about it, it it, it was a huge failure. Mm. Uh, but if you could if you could pop, somehow, you know, partner with the with the private sector with, with um, Disney World, with Disney World, yeah, that and that <laughs> may be for the, the monorail. Because yeah, well, that that's a good that's a good point because they may implement some type of a of a of, of a tax at Disney World that helps to offset that, like they're trying to do with the Nashville Stadium, which I didn't vote for, but. But that, that is a good example, though, of the public-private partnership. And I think that's what the governor's attempting to do with this new um, uh, infrastructure uh, uh, package. Now, is everything moving forward with that proposed indoor football arena for the Titans? I mean, is Looks that... Looks like... I mean, from what I see, it is, you know... And that, um, was, that was passed last year. Yeah, the last year. Tax funds that will help mm-hmm. fund that. I mean, it was... Con- it was Obviously, it's controversial when you're spending, you know, half a billion dollars to a, to a football uh, team. But I think Nashville was able to get the, the owners to, to uh, dedicate more more funds. Um, I didn't support it, but I think this governor's infrastructure plan sounds like it's got merit because he looks like he is pub- he is trying to partner with some um, some private sector folks. State Representative Mike Sparks in studio with us this morning, and we're just about out of time. We got to take this last commercial break, and then we'll come right back to wrap it up. Time right now eight fifty seven. If you're looking for an authentic relationship with financial experts who genuinely care about your unique needs, Capstar Bank is for you. Capstar Bank is dedicated to the people of this community. Capstar Bank wants to help you reach your financial goals. Because at Capstar Bank, you matter to us. Capstar Bank, 2230 Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard, capstarbank.com, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Do you suffer from peripheral neuropathy in your hands or feet, burning pain, balance problems, and decreased quality of life? Magnolia Medical Center can help. This is Dr. David Morris with Magnolia Medical Center. We're in the Ascend Building near the Fountains in Murfreesboro. Online at magnoliamedicalcenters.com. Right now that time, 8.58, we're broadcasting from the Middle Tennessee Electric Studios, Middle Tennessee Electric, supplying power to the station's 328-foot tower in downtown Murfreesboro, MTE, serving to make life better since 1936. Again, our guest this morning, State Representative Mike Sparks, we have like one minute left. Yeah. What were we well, going to say? Well, I wanted to compliment um, uh, Smyrna's uh, football player, Aaron Carter, uh, was my guest on the House floor swearing in ceremony Tuesday. I invited Randy Boyd, the president of UT. If folks know this this young man, man, I mean, I was so impressed. This this kid's GPA, Scott, is young African-American. He's 6'1", 220, or 210. It's 3.97. Wow. They've got an event tomorrow at Stars and Stripes, the old Kmart parking lot, to the right of McDonald's. It's a little send-off his family's putting together. If folks want to come out and support Aaron Carter, just such a polite young man. I mean, I'm telling you, I've I've never been impressed by a young guy like this. This guy's got manners. I mean, just perfect young young man. But this kid is going to be a rock star. But I was well, – 
thankfully to Randy Boyd, who gave uh, Aaron his cell number. Um, Bernice Patton is his grandmother. His grandmother's good friends of my mother-in-law, Brenda Smith. So if folks want to come out and support him, his favorite restaurant is, is Texas Roadhouse. So folks want to get him a gift card, and bring where, a football. Where's it gonna be? It's going to be at Stars and Stripes right there, the old Kmart in Smyrna on Mercer Road, between Taco Bell and McDonald's. So if you want to pick up a football, get him to sign it, maybe bring in a jersey, he'd probably sign it. But bring him a gift card. Um, you know, he he I just he didn't ask me to do this. I just said, Hey, what's your favorite restaurant? I said, Texas Roadhouse. Oh, you like Logan's? Yeah, I like Logan's too. So um also John DeBerry's coming to Laverne for the Dr. King event at ten o'clock in Laverne. So thank you, Mayor Jason Cole. Uh, That's on Monday. Monday at ten o'clock, right there behind City Hall and uh, Steve No, Vice Mayor, for, for inviting John DeBerry. And that's going to do it for this morning's show. You're listening to WGNS Murfreesboro. Coming your way next, we have WGNS's Ron Jordan with the latest in local news. 